0: John chapter 6, verse 1. Oh, this is good. This actually happened. Can you believe it? This, though it is the inspired word of God, it actually feeds your soul. It also is a history book. Historians actually say that this book right here that we hold in our hand, hopefully you're holding it in your hand, the book that you hold in your hand is the most accurate translation of history. It's the most accurate transcript of history. This is right here. Most, a lot of historians actually base history off of this book because of how accurate it is. Accurate. It's crazy. It better be accurate. It's the inspired word of God. John chapter 6, verse 1. After these things, Jesus, who? Who is it? Who are we here for tonight? I feel like we're in kids' church. Who's the God, man? Jesus. Hey, you're doing good so far. Okay. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. Okay, this real quick. The Sea of Galilee was like the big sea, and then there was portions of this sea or this lake, the Lake of Gennesaret, which probably says in your translation. There was actually different portions where they would name different parts of the sea, and so this part was the Sea of Tiberius. So it was a different side, a different section, a different sea side, like a different city almost of this sea. Does that make sense? So they're on this big sea, and like they're they're actually at the part of the sea called the Sea of Tiberias. Then a great multitude followed him, because they saw his signs which he performed on those who were deceased. Diseased. Deceased. On those who were deceased. Well, that's weird. How did he do that? Actually in John chapter 5, Jesus here healed uh, a man at the pool Bethesda. He was uh, crippled. Um, f- how old was he? Forever, right? Uh, he'd been he had been he had been had this infirmity for 38 years, right? And uh, he just got healed, and all these people heard about it, and and uh, people came up to him and asked him a bunch of questions, and so all these people were following Jesus because he did all these miracles. And uh, we pick up in verse three, and Jesus went up on the mountain. So all these people are following him. So he climbs a mountain probably like flat top. I don't know how big it was, but probably the size of the flat top. So he climbs up flat top, and there he sat with his disciples. Now the Passover, a Feast of the Jews. You know what I love about the Bible? Is you never hear that Jesus ran. And I hate running. You know what I mean? That's good right there. Like, you hate it too? Don't say that ever again in in this building. You hate, that's, Okay, he's like, really? Is he being serious? I can't see his face. Okay, so he doesn't run, but he climbs up a mountain. He climbs up a mountain, and his disciples follow him, and they sat down with him. Verse 4, you with me? You guys with me? Now the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes, and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? Verse 6. But this he said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, Two hundred denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may have a little. So Jesus is saying, or sorry, these disciples, Philip's like, Dude, not even like, like enough money to, like. that I make in a year is going to be able to feed these guys. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon, Peter's brother, said to him, there is a lad. I like the word lad. There's a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish. But what are they among so many? How many heard this story before? <laughs> then Jesus said, "Make the people sit down." Say, "Sit down." The title of the message is "Sit down," not "sitting down," but it's okay. Then Jesus said, "Make the people sit down." Now there was su- there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down in number of about 5,000, and Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples, and the disciples to those sitting down. And likewise of the fish, as much as they wanted. That's a lot of fish and a lot of bread. Isn't that crazy? Nobody's Nobody thinks that's crazy. Insanity. It's insanity. It's amazing. So when they were filled, <laughs> we do that today when you go get breadsticks. It's the same thing. It's just fish with bread, right? We're trying to be a little bit like, okay. So when they were filled, he said to his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. Therefore they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves with which w- were left over by those who had eaten. And those men, when they had seen the sign that Jesus did, said, this is truly the prophet who is to come into the world. Sound good? flip over to Ezekiel chapter 34. Zeke. what up Zeke. Ezekiel chapter 34. Back in the Old Testament. I'm just kidding Paul. You can you can you can say you love to run all you want. Okay. Wouldn't say that though. <laughs> I find that interesting though, you know. Jesus never ran. He walked on the water. He walked into the city. You just walked everywhere. That's what I like to do. Uh, the last time I ran a mile and actually got it timed was, uh, not exaggerating, um, fourth grade. Fourth grade was the last time I ran a mile. Yeah. I mean, I've ran miles since then in probably basketball, but I've never. Like, I ran the 100 yard dash. That's close to a mile. Uh. <laughs> hey, it is to me, all right? It is to me. That's right. Thank you. Gosh. Okay. Gosh is a Christian swear word. Don't say that. Okay. <laughs> people, people say that. I'm sorry if you're offended, but I'm not. Okay. Uh, Ezekiel 34, verse 11. I'm starting out rough tonight. <laughs> Just saying how it is, man. For thus says the Lord God. So what happens? This is this is actually a segment of scripture of a prophet named Ezekiel. Good name. I like it. Thought about naming my son that, but. Um, <laughs> he thinks it's funny <laughs> hey, everybody has their own sense of humor okay Ezekiel is actually uh, prophesying um, about all these shepherds these pastors why is he standing like that I don't know I'm just, just getting comfortable okay uh But all these shepherds that were supposed to shepherd God's people, and they were not good shepherds. Can we just say that? They were just not good. And And actually, if you want to know how bad they were, read 34, 1 through 10. And if you want to know what not to do, if you feel called to be a shepherd or a leader in any context, read that. And then read verses 11 through all the way to the end of the chapter and look at what you should do. That's good right there. But this is Ezekiel 34, verse 11, about God being the true shepherd, Jesus being our true shepherd. You find that actually in John chapter 10, where Jesus says he is the good shepherd. We pick up here in the Old Testament where God is prophesying about what he will do with his sheep who are not shepherded. Make sense? Okay, but to bad shepherds. Jesus comes along. God comes along and says, this is what I'm going to do. Indeed, I myself will search for my sheep and seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock on the day he is among his scattered sheep, So will I seek out my sheep and deliver them from all the places where they were scattered on a cloudy and dark day. And I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and bring them to their own land. I will feed them on the mountains of Israel, in the valleys and in the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them in good pasture and their fold shall be on the high mountains of Israel. There they shall lie down in a good fold and feed in rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I will feed my flock, and I will make them lie down, says the Lord God. Oh, man, that's good. You with me? Would you pray with me? Would you pray with me? Let's take a few moments just to pray. Father God, we come before you tonight, and God, it truly is before you that we come. God, we thank you that we can come unashamedly. God, that we can come to you without fear, without condemnation. God, we can come to you with confidence and courage. God, we can come to you because we know that you love us. God, that you don't change your love about us. But God, you unconditionally and and relentlessly, you love us, God. And Father, because of that, we're here. And I thank you for your word, God, that you have spoken to us. God, we thank you for the Bible. God, we ask that these words would jump off this page and off the pages of our Bibles and they would speak to us. God, that you would speak to us tonight, Lord, because you can. And God, that as you speak to us, we're asking you to transform us, God. Cause our mindsets to be changed and to align with your word. God, I just come against every false doctrine, every false philosophy, God, every false, uh, God, mindset. God, I come against it, and I pray you, Lord, would destroy false thinking tonight. And, God, that you would establish your truth in the hearts and in the minds of every person here tonight. Father, I thank you for your anointing. God, that it is strong here tonight because, Jesus, you are here. We love you. We bless you. And, God, we ask you to help us, God, to live this word out that we wouldn't be religious, hypocritical people who just hear a good word and get entertained and then go home and do nothing about it, but God, that we would truly apply this word. We bless you, God, tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. So um, I was hanging out with, uh, with some friends of mine. Thanks, Jesse, for switching that. You're amazing man. He switches like a cat. Quick like a cat. That's what that means. I just heard a cat. Did you guys hear that? Okay. I was hanging out with some friends of mine, and uh, they have, uh, I'm not going to name these people because um, I don't want you to tell them what happened. Because what's about <laughs> what I'm about to tell you, they don't know. So what is said in the family stays. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, just making sure, pinky cro- or crisscross, whatever. I don't even know those promises. What's says i all just spit in the air and shake hands. Okay, one, two, I'm just kidding, don't do it. <laughs> so actually, I got to spit, and you got to catch it in your mouth. Ready, one, just kidding. Oh, he wants it. <laughs> That's nasty. I'm going to this side. So I was hanging out with these, with these people, and I just got done eating a big meal which I usually always do. Actually, before I spoke, I just had two full sandwiches. It was pretty amazing. And a bag of chips and an orange and three glasses of water. And I feel like I just had an appetizer. I'm ready for Moose's Tooth, baby. I'm ready for Moose's Tooth. Man, if Moose's Tooth knew how much we talked about them, they'd sponsor us. Don't you think they would? Like, wouldn't that be amazing if one day... If one day, you know in the book of Revelation, there are things that must take place. I believe one of the things that must take place, okay, is us sitting together, opening the bread of the Word of God and breaking the breadsticks from Moose's tooth. You know what I'm saying? There are some things that must take place here in GM, and that is one of them, that we sit together over some amazing pizza and the Word of God. Yes! Yes! All you got to do is say avalanche, and I'm in. Just say avalanche. avalanche. My goodness. Okay. And so I, I got done eating a, uh, like a big, uh, it was actually a turkey dinner, which I'm not a real big turkey dinner fan, but when you're hungry, everything goes, you know. And so I just got done eating this big turkey dinner, and then the, 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 the cherry on top was what I like to call and what we all like to call uh, apple pie. Just say, hmm. Actually, Maggie was there when this happened. Maggie was there. Maggie, don't say anything. Maggie is our pastor Josh's daughter and a member of our family. Maggie, welcome tonight. Don't tell anybody. I'll break your legs. <coughs> so, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. She, like, runs out of here, calls her dad. Uh and I eat this apple pie, and, I, and I, I'm just, like, at this point, I was already kind of, like, full. I was kind of, because turkey does that to you. It has this way of just filling you up, you know. That's one of the things I hate about Thanksgiving is that the, 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 the main thing I hate about Thanksgiving is when Thanksgiving is over. And when, there, when, have, when you're so full, you have, like, nothing left in your, you know, no room, that's what I hate about Thanksgiving and uh, so I just get done eating this turkey dinner and then this apple pie comes out and they're like, hey, Gary, but you want this apple pie? And I'm like, oh, I guess, you know, OK, you know, do you want the bigger piece? <laughs> I guess. Jeez. <laughs> Ice cream. Sure. Why not? What kind? Both. Just put both on there. I don't want to confuse you. Just put both on there. <laughs> this actually happened. And... uh and so I'm sitting there and acting like I'm just, you know, like, pff, apple pie, you know. But I'm, like, taking my sweet time. And when nobody's looking at me, I'm, like, worshiping it, you know, getting on my knees. And <laughs> and the little kids are looking like, shut up. Don't tell nobody, you know. And uh, <laughs> poor little kids. And uh, so I get done. You know that feeling to get done eating turkey dinner and apple pie? You're just like. No, tired ain't even the right word, like weary, you know like <laughs> like there's tired, and then there's then there's uh, weary like you can't even like you're so full people say, "Are you full? you just uh, you know like that like like there should be like a definition in the de- in the dictionary that's like ta- or like ta- uh, like full, and then it's a blank spot and a guy that's like." You know, oh, I know what that is. There's actually some type of like hormone or something. Hormone? Did you just say hormone? There's some type of thing inside of turkey that like makes you tired. It's kind of weird. But did you know, thank you, tryptophan. Did you know that mustard has the opposite effect? So if you eat turkey with mustard. See, the best part of Thanksgiving is not the turkey dinner itself. But, but, it's later that night when you make a turkey sandwich with mustard all over it. Midnight snack, baby. Thanksgiving. That's the way to go right there. You know, the funny thing is, is this story didn't even happen in Thanksgiving. Americans are hilarious. We just, like, create holidays, eat more food, you know, and blow things up. July 4th. Let's eat a bunch of burgers and blow up things and call it 4th of July. That makes sense. Let's do it, you know doesn't make any sense. They just came out with a new day, Grandparents' Day. Did you guys hear about that? Like a new, like, Gabriel, that's been around for ages. Well, I didn't know, but like there's a new day called Grandparents' Day, and I think that's a cool day. I'm totally getting off, t- off task. So um, I, I get to that place where I'm just like, oh, you know, and I, and, I, and I see about about four couches. You think you know where this place is, but you don't. And I and I and I walk over and, and you know when you're you're so full, you just kinda like dazing out like oh, you know. And you see a couch, you're like, Yes. And like little kids are in your way, you're just like yeah. <laughs> you know, and and people are talking to you, you're just like you don't even hear anything. And on your way you're grabbing a pillow and a blanket, and you're like lean out like, grabbing the T V changer, putting in your pocket, you know, because you don't want to have to get up again to change the TV. And that, that's 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 my deal. It's, I mean, I'm just, I'm just I'm, I'm going. And this, and I was so tired that I just, I, it was, there was a recliner where you could just pop up the thing and, and you lean back, you know? And one of those, Gabriel, we all have those. Okay. Well, this was one of those. And it was actually a love, like, what what do you call it? Like, a, they're, they're just one seat? Oh, a love seat. Why do they call it a love seat? Oh, okay. And... That's where you, okay. And, and I see the love seat and I'm thinking, you know what? I'm so excited because nobody can bother me if I'm in the love seat. Like they can't bump me or anything. And, and this is all for me. And I, and I, and as I'm walking over there, I see like this little, like, like this little stuffed animal or something. I was like, ah, whatever. And so I turn around and I just sit down and I lean back and I hear, and I'm like, oh. And instantly I went from being like this to like, whoo, and I like, totally became aware that something was crying the first thing that came to my mind was it's just one of those baby dolls that stuffed animal that I saw and then I realized that sounded pretty real and this doll pushes things too (laughs) and then a third thought oh well no, I had a forethought, which it gets better. I thought, oh, geez. So I stand up really quick, and I turn around, and there's this infant. Like, you know, like this. And, and, and it's just totally like, and I'm like, oh, gosh. And I look, <laughs> I look around, and I'm like, mm. walk over to the other couch and lie down. And, I, and as I lay there, I thought, oh, that's horrible. So I got up and when looked at him like, oh, he's fine. <laughs> okay, let me just qualify and justify myself. I was really tired, okay? <laughs> I was extreme. I was this tired. <sighs> you know, I didn't even remember what I ha- had happened. And, and, well, I didn't actually like sit on it. Because so, what I did is I sat down on the couch and I leaned back. And it sunk down into the seat, like I had to pull it out by its leg, and it okay, that didn't actually happen But the baby's good. Um, I ended up telling the parents so i'm not I'm just kidding I, I actually told them um, his name is actually Benjamin Benjamin is his name, and uh, he's doing great um <laughs> I don't know if I actually told the parents. I told all the kids. <laughs> I, I don't even remember anymore, okay? I'm just trying to be real. Did I tell you, Maggie, about this? Were you there? Oh. Caleb, were you there? Were you there when that happened? Oh. I thought I told. Well, I told Max. That's who I told. Max is like three. He's like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> okay. I told somebody. And I learned a lesson. Don't sit on babies. <laughs> no, I did actually learn a lesson. I learned a lesson. You got to be careful where you sit in life. You know what I mean? You, you got to be careful you don't sit on babies and crush them. No, but you got it. You he actually is doing great, so don't judge me. You do have to be careful and we have to be careful, especially as Christians, that God has actually offered us a seat to sit in and we got to be careful that we're not sitting in the wrong place. What is sitting? What What does it mean to sit? Where you sit is where you find restoration. Where you choose to lie down is where you go to regain your strength. The place that you sit down, spiritually speaking, is the place that you choose and that you believe is your place of restoration. It's your place of re- of renovation. It's, it's your place of renewal. It's your place where you find, you know what I'm talking about? When you're tired, you go lie down in a place because you know in that, that place or some way, somehow, that if you rest in this place, that you're going to be restored. That's why we go to bed every night. We go to sleep, right? Because we know that we're going to be restored and in that moment i was full like that all i did is i saw, thought to myself i need to go sit down take a nap and be restored and biblically speaking the place where you sit is where you believe is your place of restoration and you need to be careful where you sit and where you choose to be restored because the truth is if you sit in the wrong place you won't actually be restored but you'll just get more tired And you might think that you're being restored, but the truth is, you're actually just getting worse. You're actually, when when you think that you're being restored by sitting around watching TVs all day Saturday because you say it's your Sabbath, and the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath, and so you say to yourself, well, I can just do whatever I want all day long. What you think that you're being restored, it's actually the opposite effect. You wake up Sunday morning, you feel like C-R-A-P. You hear what I'm saying? What crap? No, listen. <laughs> where are, wh- where are you sitting? Is it in the place that God designed you to sit? Is it? Cuz everybody sits. Because everybody gets uh, Everybody does. Right now, my eyeballs are red. If you look really close, wow, he's like the devil. No, listen. (laughs) The whites of my eyes, that was weird. My lips just shook. That was crazy. The whites of my eyes have like red things in them because I'm tired because my baby gets up in the middle of the night, and I love it to death. Right? And (laughs) And I just don't sleep all that much. And I get tired. And so where where is where do I go to get renovation to get restoration John chapter 6 is a story that actually happened Jesus actually took 5 loaves of bread and two small fish and he fed 5000 men People actually argue that that means there was only 5,000 men there, meaning there was probably 12,000 people, including women and children. Jesus did a miracle, didn't he? They climb up on a mountain, and we find in verse 3 Jesus sits down with his disciples. And they were in a field, a pasture of thick, lush grass. When it says that there was much grass, the Amplified Version says that they were on a ground where it was covered with thick grass. Thick, lush, full grass. And so they're sitting up on a mountain, thick grass. And in verse 5, Jesus says, Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? It's interesting to me that Jesus Jesus, like, in the midst of this, he sees these people coming. He sees all these people coming. And he's like, it's like he it's like he knows. He knows ahead of time. He, he knows beforehand that his people are hungry. And there's something that you must know about your God. Is that he knows when you're weary. He knows when you're needy. He knows when you're thirsty. He knows when you're tired. He knows when you need restoration. He knows when you need to be fed. And he already has prepared something for you in advance. As you come up a mountain, he's already thinking to himself. As you're tired, as you're working at work or at school or just simply ministry, living life before God. And as you get tired, God already knows when you're tired and he knows that he wants to feed you. He has something to restore you in. He's actually already in his mind, and in his foreknowledge, has already prepared something for you to, to eat. Because the Bible says here that he did this to test him. When he says in verse 5, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? He did this testing them. He knew what he was going to do, but he wanted to see what his disciples would say. So God had already prepared. He already knew how he was going to feed them. And so as he does that, he begins a preparation of food he he begins to prepare this miracle of feeding thousands of people i don 't know how many were there thousands of people. but before he feeds them, he does something unique. He does something that i that I want to focus on tonight. He says something to his disciples telling them something that I think is so. Unique and if you catch this tonight, your life will never be the same. If you catch it and you apply it, your life will never be the same. Ezekiel thirty four fourteen, we just read it. I will feed them in a good pasture. You see what I'm saying? God brings them up on a high mountain. He brings them to a good pasture. And he prepares food for them. A good pastor. This word good is the word tobe in the, in the Hebrew because it's Old Testament. And it's the same word in Genesis 1 where God says he created the light. He saw that it was good. This word means to be, it, it simply means Goodness. Happiness. Pleasant. I will feed them in good pasture, and their fold shall be on the high mountains of Israel. There they shall lie down in a good fold, and feed in rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. God brings us on top of a mountain. And this mountain is not like Flat Top with a bunch of sharp rocks. <laughs> probably the mountain that Noah's Ark hit. Just kidding. I was like, really? Gosh, gotta write that one down. No, not that one. Probably not. No, not big enough. You'd probably find wood there if it was. But not like Flat Top, because Flat Top has no grass, bunch of shr- bunch of rocks, little bushes and stuff, right? Most of the time, snow. Definitely not a lush, good pasture. Oh, this is so fun. I got cuts on my back. <laughs> Why are we laying down here? Shut up, the preacher said too. Okay. Not like that. But he brings you up on top of a high mountain, and in this particular mountain that Jesus was at with his disciples and with these thousands of people, was a place, it was a good pasture, full and of, of rich, thick, lush grass. No lawnmowers there. Yes. And he brings them up there, and as they're up there, he sees they're hungry, and he thinks to himself, okay, I need to feed them, so i got to prepare something for them. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and he raised us up together, and he made us sit. Say, sit. Come on, say, sit. Say, sit. He made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and in his kindness toward us that are in Christ Jesus jesus god has brought you up to a high place he has seated you in heavenly places up on a high rock the bible says a rock that is higher than i he set your feet upon a strong foundation that word foundation means a rock a solidified rock it doesn't move it doesn't shake nothing can shake this rock it's the rock is anybody hearing me it's the rock of jesus christ No man can move this rock. No man can push it. If you try to push it, you'll just stumble over it. If you try to mess with it, it'll crush you. But if you fall on the rock, it'll save your life. This rock is Jesus. And it's the high mountain that God has established you in. He has seated you. He has seated you in heavenly places. He brings you up onto a high mountain in lush fields see it goes on it says that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches you hear what i'm saying he seats you in heavenly places so that so that in the ages to come in days to come in the future I bring you up here so that I can show you the exceeding riches of my grace and my kindness toward you who believe in Jesus Christ. I bring you up on top of this mountain so that I can bless you, so I can show you my goodness, so I can show you my mercy, so I can heal you, so I can restore you, so I can do a good work in you. God does the work. He brings you up. And he establishes you upon his kingdom. But we forget. We forget. That he tells us. To sit down. He's made us to sit down. But we don't sit down. He's brought us up on a high place. And we run around looking like, what are we going to do? Where are we going to get food? The disciples, what are we going to do? I don't know what we're going to do, Jesus. It's crazy. This little kid, he's got like five pieces of bread and some fishes. Who is this idiot? What are we going to do? People just freaking out. But God brought them up there to bless them. Jesus brought them up there knowing. It's cool. It's like he brings his disciples up there, takes a seat with them, and he waits for the crowds to come. And as they come crawling up that hill, he's like, All right, idiots. No, I was kidding. <laughs> hey, sometimes he calls them, Don't be a fool, you know. But he says, He says to the disciples, All right, guys, how are we going to feed them? And they're like, Oh, gosh. What are we going to do? And that's how much time we are. We're sitting up on the high places of God, established in Christ, seated in heavenly places. We've been transferred from the the dominion of darkness, and we've been transferred into the kingdom of the Son of His love, Jesus. We've been transferred from sin to life. We've been transferred from darkness to light. We've We've been adopted into God's family, but we still run around like there ain't nothing good. You hearing me? Ezekiel thirty four fifteen. I will feed my flock, and I will make them lie down. John six ten, Jesus said, Make all the people s- sit down. Come on, say that with me. S- sit down. No, no, no. Sit down. Down. Sit down. Come on, say it with some unction. Sit down. Sit down. Sit down. down. He says, I will make them lie. Sit down. And actually, it says in in, in Ezekiel 34:50, I will make them lie down. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He leads me beside and in good pasture and he makes me lie down this is the amplified version john 6 10 he jesus said make all the people sit down make them recline where are you sitting where are you reclining is it on the high rocks of god or have you sat somewhere else he said make them sit down Now the ground, a pasture, was covered with thick grass at the spot. So the men threw themselves down. They threw themselves to the ground. Sounds like a rap song. The wood on the (laughs) ground. They threw themselves down. Jesus says, make them sit down, and he threw himself to the ground. Let me say this, this is the, this is the point of the entire message. You're taking notes, if you're taking mental notes. The prerequisite to restoration is sitting and waiting in Christ. The prerequisite to receiving food from the Good Shepherd is sitting and waiting in Christ. If you want to be restored, if you want to be refreshed, if you want to be renewed, if you want to experience God's goodness in your life, if you want to see the richness of God's grace toward you, then you got to sit down and wait for Him to feed you. The prerequisite. The thing that comes before Before I feed them. See, I already have it planned out. I've already brought them up here in order to do this. But they must sit down. And then later, in the next verse, he took the loaves, he gave thanks, he distributed them to them, to the disciples, and the disciples to those sitting down. He didn't, dis- he didn't distinguish it to those who were standing up. He gave it to those that were sitting down. You want to be fed by your shepherd? You want to be fed by God? You want to be restored by Him? You want to be renewed by Him? Then you got to sit down. Because when you sit down, God can feed you. God can restore you. God can renovate you. God can, can cause your whole being to be completely restored. He has that plan for you because many of us, most of us are tired. But you got to sit down. We get so caught up in so many things in Christianity, so many religious things. gotta read my bible every morning no you don't but you should you don't have to do that you don't have to come to church you don't have to be here tonight you don't have to love people but if you're doing if you're not doing that you're a fool because you're living irrationally irrationally insanely but you should Because it's when you wake up in the morning and you choose to sit down on God's word and you let him feed you and restore you, that's what you were made for. That's why he brought you up to high places. You aren't just saved and then you just kind of go to heaven one day. No, you're saved so that on earth God could show you all of his goodness. That God would bring you to good pasture. And so that God could restore your soul. Not when you're 30 years old, but today, tomorrow morning, every day that you wake up, you need to sit down and let God restore you. You, you, know what, you know what it looks like when you're not restored? You get irritated easy. You don't have a smile on your face. You get frustrated too quick. You're worried all the time. You're comparing yourself with other people. You're so insecure that you have to do something for people to recognize you and to point you out. You lie, you gossip, you slander. You're living in sin because you are too tired and weary. So you're looking for food. You're running somewhere else to find restoration. You've sat on a baby when there's a big couch beside you saying, come lie down. I've already prepared a place for you to sit down. But you sat in a place that wasn't made for you. God has prepared a place for you to sit down. So you gotta sit down. I remember when I was first grade. <laughs> you guys remember crisscross applesauce? The devil's a liar. A couple things I've never been able to do. One of them, touch my toes. Dude, I got close right there, did I? That's the closest I've ever gotten. Okay. Oh shoot! <laughs> I'm gonna get it before the end of this message. Hot dog! That's the closest I've ever been. We to my, Isn't that the closest? My goodness! Maybe I'll try sitting crisscross. The other thing I was never do. The teacher would say, "Hey Gabriel, I I hate it more than anything else because I was just awkward. One of those. I, I told you last week. I was in speech class. Second thing I couldn't do. I couldn't even cross my sticking legs. I still can't. Me and Ashley would go to park. I hate parks. I love them because they're open, but I hate them because there's nothing to sit up against. And I can't sit down in an open place without getting weird and like, what do I do? What do I do? And she's like, just cross your legs. And I'm like, cross my legs? What the heck? And that's about, that's about as much right there. And so I, I just always feel awkward trying to, since first grade, <laughs> teacher, it was a librarian. She wasn't even my teacher. She'd go, okay, everybody, come on into class. We walk in the whole time, like, oh, crisscross applesauce, stupid lady. Go on. You know? And, and I got so I got I got I got so focused on it. I thought to myself, she's just doing it because she wants to make me look like an idiot. I know it. I know it. It's, it's just because of me. You know, and I and I walk in there and she'd pull out, you know, like Dr. Seuss. Like, the kids are like, We read that last week. I don't care. I just want to see Gabriel not be able to do crisscross applesauce, you know. That's what I heard, you know. <laughs> and I couldn't do it. She would say, okay, everybody, sit down. And I'm just waiting. I'm like, uh, you know. And the worst part, the worst part, there's a stack of chairs right against the wall. And I'm thinking to myself, is it because we're in first grade that we have to do crisscross applesauce? Or is it because I'm here that we have to do crisscross applesauce? Somebody told me we have to do crisscross applesauce because I hate crisscross applesauce. And so I sit down and she'd say it. And then my knees on each side and kids sat five feet on each side of me and just looked at me. What's wrong with the kid? Shut up and listen to Dr. Seuss. (sighs) You know? Crisscross applesauce. I'm going to tell my kid when he gets older, look, look, come here. A few things I learned in life. Don't let that librarian tell you how to sit. You just sit down. Lean up against the wall. Grab a stinking chair if you need to, you know? But if you ever feel awkward, just call me, bro. I'll come pick you up, you know? Because I can't stand. I still can't stand sitting crisscrossed. Who even came up with that? When the first time I heard it, I thought, oh, applesauce. Yes. Are we getting applesauce? Are we getting applesauce? She said, no, cross your legs. I'm like, cross my legs? What the heck? I'm looking at everybody, like pulling them up tight and doing all these stretches and stuff. I'm like, what in the world? Sitting straight like they got a chair or something. Here I am looking at the lady thinking, ooh. And then she would say, touch your toes. I'd say, no, and I'd run out of the room, man, because I could never touch my toes. You know, it's that that analogy reminds me of how we are as Christians. Because, you know, God has told us to sit down in his goodness. But to us, it's unnatural, and it's awkward to sit down in his goodness. Because we grew up in a culture and a society that says that God isn't good, and that you deserve bad because you're a bad person. But God says, no, you're my child. The devil's a liar, and I'm asking you to sit down on my goodness. I'm asking you to sit down on this high rock. I'm asking you to sit down in this lush grass, because I'm about to prepare something for you to bless you, to restore you. And so when we hear things like that, we're like sit down. And so we wake up in the morning, we hear that thought, Gabriel, you gotta sit down. I think, man, I gotta sit down, what the heck? And I feel awkward because what I'm supposed to be sitting in, what I'm supposed to be relishing and what I'm supposed to be meditating on is God's goodness. It's God's love for me. It's God's favor. But I do the, the reason why it's awkward is cuz I feel like I got to do something to feel like he can love me. I feel like I got to read my bible enough before I feel confident. I feel like I got to pray the right amount of words. I feel like I got to turn on a music song. I feel like I got to go whip myself with a lashing thing or whatever to make myself look like a like a sacrifice or some kind of like being Jesus the martyr, to make myself look like somehow that I become a better person because I just sacrificed myself on crisscross applesauce in it or whatever. And we try to do all these things to qualify ourselves. When God has just said, no, I just want you to sit down. Just sit down. Worship services should look a lot more like sitting down. I'm not talking about physically. My like, man, I'm doing good. <laughs> this chair is pretty comfy. No crisscross applesauce in here, you know. No, I'm talking about spiritually, I'm talking about in your heart, I'm talking about in your mind. I'm talking about you sit down on that mountain that is high, on that place that you're already seated spiritually. You can't walk before you sit down. You can't run. Until you first learn how to sit down. You gotta sit down. Babies, my son, the first thing he's doing is learn how to sit. And then he's gonna learn how to stand. And then he'll walk. And then he'll run. I'm starting a series tonight. Relating to God. Last week we talked about acknowledging God. That's the first part. Tonight we're talking about sitting. Down. Sit down, sitting in God's goodness, resting in him. You hear what I'm saying? Next time we're going to talk about standing in Christ. The following we'll talk about walking. And then we'll talk about maybe, if I feel good, running. But we could stay, as young people, we could stay on sitting for a long time because we're so good at walking around and running around. But you're not going to be able to walk and run in Christ if you don't sit down first in Christ. i got some practical thoughts for you. First thing is have faith. Isaiah 40, 31. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Right? Those who what? Those who wait on the Lord. Sit down and wait. Those disciples that were coming to feed, those Thousands of people, a thousand people that sat there and waited, right? They just sat there and said, okay, I know that that Jesus is going to feed me. So I'm going to sit down and wait. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew, shall renew, shall restore their strength. But you're not going to restore your strength until you first sit down. Have faith. Can I say, let me hear this real quick. Because I, I, I want you to hear what this practically means. Because if you don't hear what this practically means, you're going to walk out of here with a cool analogy that, 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 that I've shared with you tonight, and you're not really going to know anything. But I want to give you what practically means. It means this. As I sit and wait, I have faith that my God is going to feed me and restore my soul. You, you with me? That means when I wake up in the morning, it's, it's important. I'm going to go to that point later, in a minute. But when I wake up in the morning and I sit down, not necessarily, I I do physically sit down as well, okay? When you get up in the morning to sit down and wait, you have to have faith that as you're sitting, you hear what I'm saying? As you're sitting down in your heart and your spirit, as you're resting in God, you have to have faith that he's feeding you. You have to have faith that he's restoring you. You have to have faith that he's giving you all that you need. The Bible says that they had all that they need in verse 12. So when they were filled up, you got to sit down and say, God, I don't have to say anything, but just, so that you're, just for you so you know this is what my faith is. My faith is as I sit down in God's goodness, as I rest in his goodness, I have faith that he's going to feed me. I have faith he's going to restore me. I may not even feel anything, but I have faith that as I get up and begin to stand and walk out my daily life, that God has restored my soul and given me strength. And by golly, it works, it happens, because God says before you eat, you first must sit down, and if you sit and wait, God will not leave you hanging. Your hope will not be disappointed, but he will pour out love in your heart by the Holy Spirit. That's Romans chapter 5. You with me? First thing, have faith. Have faith. Second thing, you're sitting in him. You're not just sleeping around. (laughs) Not sleeping around. Okay. You're not just lying around sleeping. You're not just lying around. Some people think, oh, I'm resting, Gary. This is my day of rest. No. No. I'm tired of people saying that just because you're sitting around means you're resting. That's not true because resting happens in your heart. It happens in your mind. It's where you choose to set your mind. Like we talked about last week about Jacob who was in the wilderness. And what did he do? He put his head on what? He put his head on the rock. Who's the rock? Jesus is the rock. He is, the, he is the, the stone. And Jacob put his head on the rock. And you got to put your head, you got to put your attention, your focus on Christ and his goodness and what he has done. It's in that place that you were made to be and to sit. And as you sit in that place, as you sit in him, as you sit in heavenly places, as you sit on a high rock in God's goodness and the lushness of his grass that he's going to feed you with, it's there that he feeds you. You're sitting in him. It's not a lazy activity. It's an intentional pursuit. I'm not giving you the option and the the opportunity to say, well, I'm just going to do whatever I want to do. No, this is an intentional pursuit. You with me? It's intentional. God, I'm taking this time to rest in you. Number three, listen. Have faith, sit in him, and listen. His words are spirit. He says that later on in John chapter 6. He says it later on, talks about how his words are spirit and they are life. He doesn't always speak, but he always feeds. He doesn't always say something to you, but he will always feed your soul. But regardless, sit there and listen, because he may say something and feed and, and give you some type of revelation and open up your eyes to something. Listen, four, do it daily. Do it daily. Do it every day. In the morning in the morning. Some of you go, well, I don't have to do that. I got a different schedule than you. Well, then be tired and weary all day. Be agitated. Be sad. Be worried. Because when you wake up in the morning, your body naturally goes into worry, weird, exhausted, weariness mode. What the heck does that even mean? Shut up. Every morning, every morning, get up and sit down. Not, you guys hear what I'm saying? Every morning. Gabriel, okay, I don't really know how to build a relationship with Jesus. Get up and sit down and what he's done for you. It starts there. The Christian walk starts there. Sit down. Five, agitated. You agitated? Are you sad? Are you worried? Are you anxious? Are you insecure? Are you living by works? Then let him restore you. Do it every day in the morning. And you know what? If afternoon comes around, you're tired, go to the bathroom and sit down. <laughs> My point is, go get away. Like, what does that even mean? Is he talking to me? Is there some like, I get it. Like when I poop, okay, no. Everybody say bye to Maya. Love you, Maya Ridgeway. You too, Alexis. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. I wasn't mocking you. I was. <laughs> I don't have a voice, and I squealed. Okay, gosh, i got to dig myself out of that one, too. As we're, as we're finishing, I, I have something to address you leaders. You, if you're a leader, you know you're a leader. And the, the other leaders that aren't here tonight, they'll listen to it on podcast. And so I just want to address all of our leaders real quick. Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. Before the disciples were able to feed everybody else, they first had to sit down on that high mountain with Jesus in that green grass. And if you think you're going to have the ability to minister because you're anointed of God, my goodness, I'm telling you that's a lie if you don't get up every morning and sit down and let God minister to you and speak to you and teach you and encourage you. Don't miss that. This is for you too. This isn't like, Gabriel, you tell them preach it, preacher. No. No, no. You need to sit down. You know what I did this morning? I got away away for a little bit and just, just sat down in Christ, and he restored my soul. I can't even explain to you what that even feels like and, and it, what it's like, but all I can say is that my soul is restored. You know what I did 30 minutes before I came up here to pray before? I just sat down. I didn't say anything. I just sat down and said, God, I'm here in your goodness. I'm asking you to restore my soul because I I need you to restore my soul. I need you to do work in me because I don't naturally have that. I need you to feed me because I'm hungry. I'm desperate, just like anybody else. Leaders, you you consider yourself a leader. You want to give out. You want to go to your high school. You want to go to your middle school. You want to go to your college. You want to go to your family. You want to go to your workplace. And you want to give out the food of God. Well, then you first need to get up on that high mountain, sit down in God's green grass, and allow him to feed you. You hear me? Nobody's excused. as we close tonight oh dang poured my water all over that dang as we close tonight where are you sitting where are you sitting is it with some boyfriend some girlfriend is that your is that the is that the is that the extent of your sitting is it after some 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 pursuit of some boyfriend or some is that where you go to find rest is it playing some video game is that where you go to find your restoration is it sitting down all night long watching movies is that where you go to find restoration you know i pray tonight that because this word has spoken to you and it's gone in your ears, into your mind, and into your heart, my prayer is that you would be convicted every time you go somewhere else to rest and that God would speak to you and say, no, my son, my daughter, you need to come and sit down with me and allow me to feed you because you're going to bad sources that are filling you up with garbage. Okay, but why does it, I can go to whatever kind of movie I want to go to. Sure you can, but you're right. And it's just going to fill you up with a bunch of junk. I'm not saying that every movie is junk. I'm not even saying that movies are junk. I'm saying I'm challenging you tonight. that You make sure that you're not going to movies or to the computer or to Facebook. Or to your cell phone or to anything else to find restoration. But that you go to Christ and allow him to feed you and fill you up. Amen. Would you stand with me? Sorry I went a little bit over tonight. Would you forgive me? I we had planned other things, but I the first part of the worship was really good and then and then uh and then I went off <laughs> for too long about that turkey deal. <laughs> I didn't have that plan, but whatever. Don't tell everybody about that baby, please. Just keep that between us. I'd really appreciate it. We'd actually become better friends. So, This Sunday, don't walk up to Benjamin and be like, Benjamin, are you all right, bro? <coughs> I heard what he did. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's like, Argh! you know, he sits up looking for me. <laughs> Just so if, you, if you don't know, Benjamin is Susie and, Susie and Chris Raywalt's son. And I didn't sit on him, okay? this, I, I, like This is him. <laughs> Ashley, I did not sit on him. Gosh. Do I think I sat on you? No, listen. I I, this was him and my butt went here and I leaned back. Gosh, would you guys stop judging me? What a a lean. I re I leaned, I reclined around him. He just felt my being. He didn't feel my my body. He just felt the aroma, the anointing. He felt the anointing. Yes. He felt the anointing. That's what he felt. Because he always said, hey. And I said, hey. Oh, shoot. We first must acknowledge. And once we've acknowledged him, we must sit down and wait on him and allow him to restore us for his work. Amen. I wake up in the morning and I say, God, you're here in this place. And I'm going to rest in your goodness. And as I rest, God, you will feed me because the prerequisite for him feeding and restoring me is what? Sitting down. Sit down. No, no. Come on. You got to say it. Sit down. Sit down. Amen. Would you pray with me? Father God, tonight we love you.